Hey team, it's Ando here. 2022 is a big year for Australian rugby, and we at Pick and Drive Rugby want to be in the thick of it, but we need your support. We want to attend post-match press conferences to ask your questions. We need more interviews with players and coaches to give you the insights that you want into the game they play in heaven. And we want better recording equipment to create a superior listening experience for you. If you like what we do, and let's be honest, even if you don't, please consider getting involved and sending us a tip. All donations will be put straight back into the podcast. We do this for love, not money, but every little bit counts. So please go to ko-fi.com slash pick and drive rugby. You can give us $1, you can give us 5 whatever is within your budget, we would be incredibly appreciative for. Thank you for your support. Let's get back to the pod. Wade Cooper, for the win, it's on its way, it's on its way, it's gone, Wade Cooper is the man. Hello and welcome to Pick and Drive Rugby Podcast, I'm your host Ando and with me is Henry Patterson from the Australian Rugby Sevens team, Henry how are you my friend? Going good thanks man, thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. So as of recording, today is Tuesday. What does Tuesday look like in the life of a victorious Aussie Sevens rugby player? Um, well, coming off the back of Hong Kong, we're sort of straight back into it. We are, we fly to Dubai next week. So yeah, we're, we've been increasing the training loads a bit. Um, yeah, this, this is our big week of training before, before we fly out in about 10 days or so time. So yeah, just training today, man. Normal schedule. How have the feelings or how have the emotions kind of um, settled after what is really the showpiece event within the Seventh Circuit, which is Hong Kong, and the nature of your team's win with coming from behind in like two, three of the games that you guys were playing must have been an absolutely incredible experience with one hell of an after party afterwards, I'm guessing. Yeah, man. It was, uh, it was one hell of a weekend. Um, like we had the belief all the way through that, that we're going to do it and um while like there were some tight games there and it could have gone either way, we, like we always had that belief that we were just going to pull it out. So the whole weekend was a whirlwind, but we sort of, as we did, we, we stuck we stuck with each other and we, we were a tight unit. And yeah, come, come the end of the finals, there was, a, there was a lot of celebrating going on, that's for sure. As there very much should be. As there very much should be. Um, so though, for those of you who've had your head in the sand, I might just quickly run through the results from the Aussie Sevens over... Um, well, the previous weekend um, from their campaign over in Hong Kong. So the first match was 43-0 against Hong Kong before going down 17-22 to Samoa. I just want to pause on that game for a moment because watching that match, it was really interesting to see that you guys had a lot of possession, particularly within the first half, but there seemed to be a few moments where you wouldn't have been as clinical you weren't as clinical as I'm sure you were hoping to be as a team. What was some of the chat coming out of the back of that loss and how did, how do you guys turn it, turn it around for the following really good performance against New Zealand? Um, yeah, it was a disappointing one. The Samoa game, I think the biggest talking point immediately after the game was, and no disrespect to Samoa here, but we, we felt like we lost that game rather than them actually winning it. Um, we, I think it was maybe 17-5 or 17-7. We got our, our lead was at one yep. point. So yep. with five or so minutes on the clock, you're really in a good position to win that game. And just a few, it was more systematic errors and just really not playing the style of footy that got us our recent success. We went, we went away from that for two or so minutes. And that's really 
or takes in sevens, right? So just a lapse in conversation, uh, lapse in concentration and sort of not sticking to the game plan. And yeah, it's when you're playing those good teams and Samoa's proven that they're one of the top teams in the circuit at the moment. So yeah, even a couple minutes of a lapse and they'll make you pay. It's amazing how quickly it can turn around against kind of any team that you're facing because Samoa didn't um, medal at all last year, didn't finish first, second or third. Um, they didn't mm. in this competition as well. But as you're obviously correct in saying, they're still a good team. And so it's amazing how in sevens, just that two, three minutes where you just maybe switch off or aren't, aren't executing things the way you want to can have such an impact in sevens. Yeah. And as you said, Samoa haven't medaled, but they were late to the series last year. They joined in Singapore. Um, and then from Vancouver onwards, I think five World Series, five or six tournaments in a row, they've come fourth. So they've actually been in the bronze. They've been one of the, one of the most consistent performers. Yeah. Probably, I think they might be the only team that's consistently been in the top four every time they've played. But it just turns out they've, they've come fourth, you know what I mean? So, yeah, they're, 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 they've been an unreal team. Now, that was kind of leading me to... Actually, I'll keep going through the teams before I ask that next question. Um, had the New Zealand performance where you guys got up 24-17. And then then one of the games of the tournament against Ireland um, with just an absolutely incredible game. You guys were down 19-5 with four and a half minutes remaining. Like, I know I know, professional rugby players always say, like, yeah, yeah, we know we've got that in the bag. We, ha- we had belief in the team and in the boys around us. But... <laughs> Like when you're down 14 points with four, four and a half minutes remaining, what are you thinking as a player out on the field that you're trying to do well to turn the game around? Um, I think I, I, I'd like to think most of the boys are just thinking uh, like my mindset is I've just got to do my job right. There's nothing really amazing needs to happen. It sounds probably worse than it is. 14 points in what do you say? Four or five minutes. Yeah. Four and a half minutes. Yeah. Realistically. If we score, seven is such a quick game. If we score one try in three minutes, we can then go into overtime and score a second try 30 minutes after the siren's gone, a minute after the siren's gone. So really not letting that scoreboard and time pressure get you that much and just knowing if we all execute our jobs, if I, if I can carry well, get us over the ad line, if the ball players can get the ball in the right areas, if X-Factor players like Moz can add a bit of flair when necessary. If we all just do that and we stick to the structures that we've sort of implemented before the game and say, how are we going to beat Ireland? If we stick to that game plan, no matter if, if, the, if it's possible on the, score, on the scoreboard with the time remaining, we, 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 we've got confidence that we'll be able to do it. Yeah, brilliant. And then you had a pretty close fought semi-final against France, winning 10-7 before, again, like another contender for game of the whole tournament, the final moment winner of Fiji, 20-17, to with um, Henry Lawson getting over right at the end after that awesome Moz Longbottom turnover just to seal mm. the game. Um, there seemed to be just some moments where things came together incredibly well. Like you look at Nick Maloof's take off the, um, off the kickoff to win you guys the Island match. You look at that turnover from Longbottom, who probably isn't the most renowned for getting turnovers on the ground. Um, he was, it was just these moments where players really stepped up and it feels like, I don't know, the teams turned the corner across 2022 and with this performance in having that consistent performance, which is then punctuated by these like star quality moments. 
Mm. Sorry, what was the question? Uh, there, well, there really wasn't. I was just talking you guys up and saying how great you were. <laughs> oh, how good. Well, I can listen to that all day. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, I, guess, I guess one of the things is, one of my questions that I wanted to ask is, I've totally blanked on what I was going to ask. How good is that? No, um, I, guess, I guess my point within all of this is to say that what is it that John Menenti has brought into the team that's really brought that level of consistency that, yeah, you've got these star moments and these incredible moments that happen. What has Menenti brought into the setup that has enabled you guys to perform with that consistency throughout the last 12 months? It's, it's a good question. It's hard to really pinpoint one thing. It's not like we've, like Johnny came into the program and we had a big meeting and he's given us the, 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 the secret juice and we've gone out there and, and, and um, we've come away with this consistency. I guess it's this sort of expecting a high level of performance from each other and yourself across the group every training session you know um i like the, you're not going to get consistency of performance on the world series or in tournaments unless you do that every day training and so that's really what, what what we've been focusing on there has there there's probably there's more of a focus on that consistent performance each day at training and and I, we know if we if we do that then Game time's easy, you know what I mean? That's the fun stuff. The hard stuff when you're slogging it out back in Sydney and doing the hard yards. Um, so, but we do that stuff. So when it comes time to play, we've all got that smile on our face. We're loving it. And yeah, we're, we're hopefully coming away with the win. Mate, we had a, um, we had a fan question come in with, in the lead up to this. Now, uh, for those listening, you may have been expecting Josh Turner to be on the pod. Unfortunately, he had some family stuff and couldn't make it. So we have had a very able replacement in Henry Patterson. Um, we did have a question though. Perhaps you can speak to this. I mean, Josh might be a little bit more humble or something like that in what he would have said. <laughs> but how the heck is it that Josh Turner can jump so high off the kickoffs? <laughs> like, he's not that big a bloke. I reckon he could probably dunk if he tried. Uh, well, funny you say that. He does rate himself as one of the best basketballers in the team among, with a few of the other boys. But, mate, I've got absolutely no idea. The bloke flies. Um, He's really made that restart his own. Uh, at least with my whole time through the program, he's been an absolute freak with it. So, yep. yeah, it's good, it's good to have him out there. You know, you're in with more than half a chance every time we've got a kickoff and in sevens, possession is so crucial. So having Jockey just flying out there on the right-hand side, yeah, it's a massive asset. Massively. And that was kind of one of the things I wanted to move into a bit of a chat around kind of some of the seven specific training and tactics that you guys put in. Now, John mentioned um, in a kind of conversation that we had with him a little while back, how you guys have been getting a little bit of AFL input to try and help with some of the restarts. Is that something that um, has been with the players or is it like basically have you has <clears throat> AFL specific training to help with the jumps and the retakes and the marking the ball above the head? Uh, yeah, so every Nick Davis is sort of a consultant that, that um, is well known to the boys and comes in every now and then. And he, um, at least through my time throughout the program, has been really helpful. And yeah, he's an AFL legend in hundreds and hundreds of games with the Swans. So that that's their bread and butter, right? That that, mm. kick, that kick and catch stuff. So being able to get knowledge from from Nick is um. Yeah, like a world-class opinion like that, it's, uh, it's second to none. And, I mean, one of the things, look, I'm, I'm newer to the sevens fold, so I'm, I'm trying to learn, trying to grow. And one of the things I seem to notice within the matches across the um, tournament, the Hong Kong tournament, was a seeming 
emphasis on only playing between the 15 meter line on each side, basically spreading mm-hmm. the ball wide and then trying to create those one-on-one opportunities where you can get the arms free and then get the break down the side. Am I reading mm. things right? Is that a particular thing you guys did try to put in? Is that a regular tactic? Um, well, I don't want to give too much away. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Come on, I'm if I'm seeing sure, it, I'm, I'm sure, sure other people are. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you've got a huge audience, and many that many of Fiji and in New Zealand will be tuning in. Yeah, without um, a doubt. Yeah, but basically, when 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 you've got guys like Moz and and uh, Maddie Gonzalez. Ales and all these guys with amazing feet and amazing attacking flair. Guys, when you when you're trying to find a role like guys like myself or Moose or or Lawso like that, we we can really add to their skill set if we can get good ad line on a uh, on an edge or just get good ad line anywhere. That really opens up the field for those those nippier guys. So yeah, I guess we're in a roundabout way. It's just trying to find how you're going to fit everyone's strength into the same game plan. And most of the time that's the big boys carrying hard to get over the, the advantage line and giving, giving the nippy guys the, uh, the freedom to work with. That was really, really apparent, particularly with some of the really straight unders lines that like Jimmy Turner was running. He had a fantastic mm. opening try against New Zealand that was just picture perfect uh, running the unders yeah. straight through the gap. So good to see. Now, um, one of the things that's so cool about sevens is the massively different playing styles that you see from some of the teams. So like a really good example is having Ireland within the quarterfinals and then Fiji within the finals itself. I mean, how do you adapt from playing those different styles? Like how are you facing up against Fiji with the height and the physicality, but the incredible offloading game they have versus some of the smaller teams that might be a little more um, organized within their attacking shape? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think. While we do do our analysis on the other teams, we, we also have our style of play that we like like to play each game. So we make sure we want to bring that to the table first. We know what we do and we do it well. So in order to win a game, we're going to have first and foremost, we're going to have to do that. And then when addressing, like you said, like, you, like an organized attack or, or a Fiji where it's a bit more chaotic, that's probably the, the defensive structure a, a bit more. Um, we know, we know. For example, with Ireland, they're they're a good team. They do the basics really well. They're going to go a lot of phases. So you just got to make your tackles, and we're probably going to have to force a turnover there. So that's where one of our more more experienced guys in the ruck or our turnover specialists, they they get the tap on the throat and be like, mate, if we're going to get the ball back, it's probably going to have to come from our end. So so look for an opportunity there. PG, on the other hand. I think we all know the exciting brand of footy. They play offloads everywhere, unpredictable. Half half the time they they look like they don't even know what they're going to do next. So it's really just about anticipation, shutting down those offloads, and and yeah, sort of just nullifying that flare as much as you can. Because the more you nullify it, then an error is going to come, and they're probably going to turn the ball over themselves. So. Yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's a patience thing. Sometimes it's little nuanced changes. But yeah, the, the, you're right. There, there is different approaches. You have to approach every game differently. It seems that underpinning those different approaches is just this insane level of fitness that the Aussies seem to have. Is that just one of the most painful things you've had to deal with? Just the level of fitness required to be able to play at this level? 
Man, it's 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 tough, but the like, the coaching staff do a great job of getting us fit, and and they do it in a way which is footy specific. So, yeah, we, it's not like we're running post to post, trial line to trial line every training session to get get the K's and the legs. It's all really footy specific. Um, even the nature of sevens training when you're doing seven on seven oppose, it's tougher than most fifteens fitness drills because there's so much space on the field. So, yeah. I, it just happens naturally, right? You spend enough time in the program, you spend enough time playing sevens, you, you'll get your legs and you'll get your lungs and the game will slow down a little bit for you in the in your mind. You'll start understanding it a bit more. You'll start to be able to impose your game a bit more the, 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 the fitter you are. But but yeah, you definitely notice it when you have a few weeks away and you are you get a bit overconfident and you come back to training and you're blowing a bit hard for the first few sessions, that's for sure. <laughs> Not surprising at all. Enjoying some good time off. All right, we might finish up now with a couple of questions about the team because it's always good to get a bit of insight into the players from one of their own. Beauty. So, who is the player that you least want to room with on tour? Least want to room with. Yeah. Oh. Anybody snore? Anybody got weird sock habits? You know. Um, I don't want to throw many people under the bus here. <laughs> But that's the fun I mean, part of it. There's a, yeah, I know that's true. That's true. There's a few snores in the group. Moz has just probably had the tournament of his lifetime. Yep. But yeah, he does. He does snore like an absolute chainsaw. Uh, so from the roomies I've had, he's probably the loudest snorer. I'll leave it at that. All right, let's go with that. Um, who controls the playlist in the sheds after the game? Moz again. Yeah. All right, I'm seeing um, a trend here. Moz, okay, he's got he's got some pretty eclectic tunes. Uh, Scotty Bowen, the manager, jumps on tunes every now and then, which is a good, which yep. is a good listen. But yeah, game day, game day, Moz is, Moz is taking control of that. Are there any fun rituals that some of the boys have as they're kind of lacing up the boots, getting ready to go out there? Fun rituals. I know um, Scotty CEO used to bark like a dog uh, down at the Brumbies, so that was a good <laughs> one. He's going rough, 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 and yeah, just no psyched up like that. No one's, no one's barking. I'm trying to think. Um, Man, it's all pretty stock standards, right? I, um, there's nothing nothing too crazy. I mean, like, because Sevens is, you're playing six games across two days most of the time. So I found a lot of the rituals and stuff I had in 15s go by the wayside because it's just so chaotic. Yep. Leading the lead up to games, you know what I mean? The, the turnaround is thought. Oftentimes you're buggered and you've got it. You've got to stock yourself up. So, yeah, I'll keep an eye out next time. Next time I come <laughs> on, I'll have to give a report for you from the shed. I'm going to hold you to that, my friend. All right, so we might finish up there with a uh, comment coming in from Julia Templer on Twitter. So many congratulations to our seven boys. What a brilliant achievement! Many congratulations to John Menenti too. That's some coaching he's done. So just from all of us, mate, massive congratulations on starting off your 2023 campaign really well and hoping that uh, we can see a similar amazing performance in the next event in Dubai in what, 2nd and 3rd of December, I think it is. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, brilliant. Awesome. Well, well done, you. mate. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, I really appreciate all the support. It's great to see everyone getting behind the Sevens program. Uh, we've been growing away for a lot while. So, so to get that support from back home, it means a lot to us. And yeah, hopefully we can deliver some more good performances. Here's hoping, mate. It's been a pleasure. Thanks and have a great night. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. Cheers.